As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts. Hey. everyone it is the official cover band central wisdom hour podcast number 42 for october 29th 2018 i'm steve witchell in new orleans you and me and the fabulous t tony b here coming to you live from new jersey i like that happy rocktober 29th yes and happy halloween Join us now live. Look at this. Everything is working this week. Oh, this is fantastic. Fantabulous. Uh, we are already on the Cover Band Central page, sharing it to the group. Uh, Cover Band Central group on Facebook, of course. Oh, of course. man. So much news to tell you about this stuff. Good stuff, uh, man. Um, Good stuff. But how you doing, brother? So uh, last time, we didn't do a podcast last week. And we didn't do one the prior week because you had some uh, medical operation going on. So how you doing? I, I'm doing excellent. Tell the folks about your... Uh, the reduction was a success. No, I had rotator cuff surgery right. on my left shoulder. And uh, I elected to do it because... Uh, I had injured it years ago, and it was time to get it done, and uh, the operation was a success. It was not quite as rough a recovery as I recall from the last time, which was my right shoulder, which was far worse. Um, so yeah, it'll be two weeks this Wednesday since I had it done, and uh, I'm on the mend, soon to be Tony 2.0. Nice. Um, so do you have any use of your, your arm at all, or... Or is it just... Yeah, it's in like this big immobilized sling for the next four to six weeks. Um, and that's what I mean. Like this time around when I, I take it out of the sling to do exercises, you know, you bend over and let your arm hang, like dangle, and then you do circles clockwise, counterclockwise. And, you know, previously it was it was agonizingly painful to do, you know, a small tiny little circle, let alone take it out of the... Um, you know, out of the sling, and then you have to sleep in a chair for like a month because if your shoulder rotates back, and if you were laying down, 
it it hurts, you know. Wait a second, you're sleeping in a chair? No, no, I I was. Oh, okay, okay. But last time I slept in a chair for like two to three weeks, and then I transitioned onto the couch and made like propped myself up in a way that I could lay on my side but keep my shoulder up. Wow. So this time around, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday after surgery, I slept in the chair, and then that Monday uh, I transitioned to my little makeshift uh, couch. So now I'm able to sleep comfortably where the pain is not, um, you know, they give you oxycodone and Percocet and it only has a very small amount of Tylenol in it, like let's say 325 milligrams. Mm -hmm. So all it's doing is knocking you out and making you incoherent so you sleep. It's not giving you much for for painkilling, you know. So what I did is I opted to not do that and I took two extra strength Tylenol, which is like 1,100 milligrams of Tylenol. And that was very helpful with uh, taking the edge off the pain, you know, because they do a nerve block when they first do the surgery. So for the next, for the day of the surgery and the two days after, your arm is completely numb. Like you can't feel your fingers. You can barely move your, you know, you can wiggle your fingers and stuff, but there's all pins and needles, like almost like it's Novocaine, you know? Oh, wow. And then once that wears off, that's when the real pain starts to set in. Right. So this past weekend, I turned the corner on the pain. I am pain-free. Well, not pain-free, but I'm not. I'm free of the, you know, agonizing pain and the constant dull ache. Uh, and now it's just uncomfortable. Right. But I could take it out. You know, I take a shower. I can only use one hand, obviously, because you can't do anything with the, the other hand except let it just kind of hang, dangle right. there. You know, because right. it is painful to try and move the shoulder around because it's all reconnected. But the interesting thing is when I do bend, uh, bend over and do the the pendulum exercise, I can feel all the areas where stuff has been reconnected, that makes sense. Right. Now you were... So it's an interesting feeling. Yeah, you, and so you were playing, though, with going through that pain, so how do you think that getting the surgery done is going to affect your drumming? How, how much... I, I didn't have any pain. This is the thing. After I injured it, I rehabbed it, and I got it to where I have full range of motion. I can play drums, you know, full on. No pain, doesn't bother me. Problem is no strength. Can't do a push-up, you know, no forward strength. Can't pick things up real, you know, can't reach out and grab something and pick it up. There's just no strength there. So it's going to give me my strength back, you know. It's going to reconnect all the stuff that's torn. I had like two tendons, 80% torn, and my bicep tendon was torn off. Damn. So it won't affect my drumming. If anything, I'll come back, you know, just... Just as good, if not stronger. But I think, it will give me all my stability back in my shoulder. And actually, you know, the, the surgeon did say that being a drummer has helped me because there's other musculature in my shoulder, which is uh, further developed than a non-drummer would be. Right. Which is also a downfall because in a normal shoulder, I would have had to have got this done probably a year and a half ago because I wouldn't have had mobility in my arm. Right. But because I have all this other drumming muscles built up inside there, tendons and whatnot, you know, from that repetitive motion. It held my shoulder together to where I was able to still function. So I'm hoping recovery will be speedy and much quicker this time, but it's probably three months of rehab, you know, physical therapy after I take the brace off. So it's a solid five-month commitment, you know, before I can play again. Right. But at least you're getting it done, and you you will be like the Terminator. 
Yeah. I'll be back. <laughs> That's cool. Time man. goes fast, you know. It's almost, it'll be two weeks this Wednesday. Right. Where you know it'll be a month, you know, and then I'm, I'll be down to only three or four months to go. And then, you know, I'll start physical therapy. And then after that, it comes out of the sling and then it gets better, you know. And so what is the band doing? Are, are they just not playing or are they using a sub? If we have the gigs, they will use a sub. But in the interim, I told them, you know, I can still, if it's a, you know, I could probably, honestly, I could gig one-handed because it's, it's my left arm. So my right hand, which is my dominant hand, is 100%. Right. So I could play the gigs, you know, to the best of my ability. I could play a wedding gig, no problem. You know what I mean? I could, I could get through any gig, just maybe not as flamboyantly, you know, or as, as I would want to play it. But the setup, the load in, the breakdown, the load out, that would be the impossible factor, you know, because you couldn't do it with one arm. Right. So as far as rehearsal goes, I hope we use the time to, to learn a bunch of new tunes and brush up on some stuff and go through, you know, a bunch of things because uh, I, I can rehearse because I don't have to bring anything. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it's an interesting topic to discuss to uh, probably in the group at some point about um, playing with a, a handicap, a physical handicap, because I've. I've been in it, like, and I'll think about it sometimes when I'm playing it, like, I wonder if I could play this if I had just the use of my left hand, and, and I'll do that sometimes, because, you know, hammering on the notes, it makes just as loud a tone as, I, I can make it make just as loud a tone as I can with using my right, right, right hand to, to pick right. it with my fingers or, or a pick, um, but through a whole gig, I doubt, I don't know, man, that'd be a, <laughs> that'd be a challenging thing to do, I wonder if I could do it. That that's a good. I think that's probably a good exercise anyway, for musicians out there to to just try to play handicap. Because I've played before, with broken fingers on my right hand. Like I had my middle finger was broken, and I I use my fingers primarily when I play bass, and I use my index finger and my middle finger, to to you know alternate to pick. Um, so I had to learn to use my ring finger and my index finger. And this was a long time ago. I was a kid, um, and. Uh, and I was able to do it. So now, you know, and that was a good exercise for me to do that, to strengthen my ring finger on my right hand to, to use it. So now I still kind of use it occasionally. Um, but um, that's an interesting question to ask the group of, of you know, what, what ailments have you had to overcome at your Yeah, I mean, you definitely have appreciation for it, especially being a drummer, you know, but having a double pedal, and, and dexterity to play it, you know, you can get away with one hand on a lot of stuff. Right. Like I was, was banging around over the weekend, me and, me and Cole were, were uh, doing some drumming and, and we were goofing on, you know, just how much you could do with one hand but having a double pedal, you know, as far as fills or different things you can work on. But last time I did my shoulder, I'm going to do the same thing this time. I set up like a double bass practice pad on my pedal uh -huh. and I'm just doing a regimen of um, feet exercises. Right. So at least over the three, four, five months, you know, my double bass chops will improve. That's dedication, man. Got to hand it to you. Ah, thanks, man. But uh, yeah, I figure I might as well use the time wisely, you know, and it forces me because I can't really play, you know. I mean, I can. I can, I can, I can play and bang around and I can play on the mega kick because there's a hundred sounds to choose from, you know, so you can, you can definitely fake it. Right. But um, I figure I'll use the time wisely because... Um, you know, so I did last time. So it's the, kind of like a little commitment to myself. I'll say, you know, for, for three or four or five months that I, I can't play 
my left hand is not able to play drums, I will focus on my feet, right. which is always, you know, huge because then after that four or five months, it's like, wow, you know, right. if you only had thought you had the discipline to do that all the time, how good we would be. Indeed. And, and, you know, I get frustrated with people too sometimes that just clearly don't work on their craft outside of work. And it's a little bit of a different story here because we play so often. So it's almost like, you know, your gig is your practice. Um, but, but I had a great teacher tell me once, Steve. Yes. Practice is working on things that you either cannot do or need to get better at. Right. It is not playing with the band. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And there's a meme that I share out there sometimes, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but it's um, if if you're if you're able to do everything while you're practicing, then you need to practice more. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that's really what it is, and that's really the cool thing. That's the fun part one of the fun parts for me about being a musician is um, finding something that's going to be challenging to do and doing the work and getting it done and, and, and then playing it on stage. And like we're playing this song um, called Sound of Madness by uh, Seven or Shinedown. Um, and it's a heavy song and we don't play it. We, we, say, we only do it with this guy, Derek, who sings with us two nights a week. And only with Glenn playing guitar, so we only do it every other week. Um, but it's it's a heavy song and it's drop D, and it was a challenge to learn because the timing is really weird in it, and and uh, we don't rehearse as a band. So I always feel, I always feel like I always did this too, going to rehearsals, band rehearsals, when I used to rehearse. Um, that I want to learn the song well enough so it's gig ready. So I want to show up to band practice and be gig ready. So I, I, you know, I've always had that mentality. So when I go to, and, and now that I'm in a band that doesn't rehearse, that is really required. I have to learn it enough to play it on stage with the band without rehearsing. Um, but not everybody does that, <laughs> unfortunately. And it it gets frustrating. But that song was uh, that song's fun. Man, we we do it at the end of the night, and it's fun to play. Hardly anybody knows it, but we're just indulging ourselves for one song. Yeah, an interesting thing is it's much like anything else, right? If you go to the gym and you really make a commitment and you can go for six months, you know, you'll start to see some real, you know, and you eat clean, you really commit yourself to that, that effort. You know, in six months' time, you can start to see some real results, you know, where someone else would say, hey, you've been working out? You know, like, they would, someone else would notice, right? Yeah. The same thing applies to, like, our craft, right? If you spend six months focusing on a particular thing, whether it be, you know, hand exercises or feet exercises or something related to, say, chops, you know, mm. after six months, you're going to noticeably be able to play cleaner, faster, uh, maneuver around the set differently, you know, if you've committed yourself to it. Yeah. Just think about how, how much time, you know, even if you said I'm going to do it 15 minutes a day for five days a week, you know, or six days a week if you're really committed to it, you know, it adds up. Ends up being a couple hours a week, which is, you know, a couple hours a month, which is dozens of hours a year. And it's like anything else. You know, I had a teacher once tell me, he said, listen, it's like anything else. If you have to learn something and it's going to take you 20 hours to master it, right, you can do it in a year, right, or you can do it in a couple of months. Depends how much time you want to put into it. Right. And it's not difficult. It's just about being making the decision. 
it's discipline, right? It's, it's yeah. discipline is saying I'm going to commit this much time every day. Because again, it's much like I go back to always the weight thing thing. If you and I both say, hey, we're going to get in shape and go. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever. So you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts. Go to the gym. And I go every day for 15 minutes, and you go once a week for two hours. Mm. At the end of three or four months, I'm going to be stronger and in better shape than you are. Yes. Because I do it every day. Right. Even though I do it for 15 minutes, and you do it for, you know, two hours a week. But I do it four days a week. You know, I, I'm sorry, I do it six days a week. And I put the same two hours in, or even a little bit less, maybe only an hour and a half's worth of time, right? If I did it six days for 15 minutes. Right, that's I'm correct. putting in an hour and a half a week, and you're putting in two hours. But you're doing it in one shot. I'm doing it every single day, incrementally. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's conditioning. Yeah. Conditioning and same thing with practice, you know? I mean, when we were kids, and we used to get our lessons assigned to us. You know, you could tell who waited till Sunday night when you had mm -hmm. band on Monday at school, mm -hmm. you know, to work on their stuff, as opposed to... You know, the teacher's saying, try to dedicate 10 minutes a day, you know? So at the end of the week, you have your hours worth of practice. Don't try to cram it in the day before because you're only cheating yourself, you know? And when you're young, it's hard to have that type of discipline. Yeah. And, you know, how do you, and how as adults do you convey that to other musicians that you work with? I mean, it's because it's got to be in you to have that amount of dedication and motivation to do it. I've always considered, like, when I, when I practice, when I learn things that I, I, I over prepare. I always want to be as prepared as I can possibly be. And the reason I say over prepare is because compared to the work, the amount of work that other people put into it, I'm way ahead of them. You know, like, I mean, uh, it's, it's really kind of a sticking point with me. If you're working in a, in a band on a regular basis, like we're doing this one new song and I was asked to learn it a while ago and I learned it and I learned it right. And we played it on stage and the band didn't know it on stage at a gig. And then, you know, I got frustrated with that and, and, and it's hard for me to hide that frustration because it's like, it's lazy to me. Like, come on, you, you, this is our job. This is the fundamentals of it. So and it's not, it's like I not only learn the bass part, I know the timing. I know the drum part. I know where the breaks are. I know the lyrics to the song. You know, like, I know the song. I learn it. So I, I end up having to direct people on stage, which I don't necessarily mind doing, and, I, and I'm pretty decent at it, at it. I've had a lot of practice at that, at kind of being the band leader um, during the, the gig. Um, but uh, it drives me crazy, dude. But so how do, so what's the solution to that? Like, how... I, I, 
because I think the only solution is to lead by example. And, and then if you have to have a discussion about it, you know, you do it in a calm, professional manner. Um, but still, like, I've done that, and it still hasn't changed anything. And that, that drives me crazy, man. Like, some people just have it, you know? Yeah, I mean, listen, you, you can't make people do things they don't want to do, right? Right. That's the age-old... Um, you know, that's the age-old adage, right? You're trying to get people to have the same level of commitment that you have, and it doesn't always happen, you know? No. And, and, and uh, but, but, I mean, I have played in situations, too, where that is the case, and, um, you know, even a couple of years ago, I was playing in a band called No Idea, where we did casinos and, and, uh, and weddings and stuff, uh, and one of the best bands in this area, and, you know, they prepared. They knew the song. They came in, you know, all the time. Uh, and it's led by this guy, Troy Marks, who's a phenomenal singer and um, is a professional. And he expects the same level of professionalism from the people he works with. And he makes it known, too. Um, well, that's what it is, man. You know, it's like complacency of people not learning parts and, you know, flubbing their way through gigs and not having their shit together. Pardon my French. But, you know, it becomes frustrating and it is a conversation to say, like, you know, you got to call people out on it when you see it and say, hey, you know. Yeah, it's tough to do if you're not like because in at the swamp, I'm not the band leader. So if I was the band leader, I would approach it completely differently. But, you know, since I'm not the band leader, I leave it up to the band leader to provide direction. Um, and for the most part, I just let everything slide. Um, but there's occasions where I'll be like, because the last time we played this new song, we just train wrecked it. Um, in, in like the middle of it and it was like I'm just thinking to myself come on guys you know it's not that difficult just listen to the song C care you know start there care to, to be good enough to present yourself care about the other people you're playing with on stage have respect for those other people that did do the work you know right. that's that's you know, that's how that's I what it comes down to. Right. We're all friends in the band. We're all supposed to respect each other in the band. And if right. guys aren't doing the right thing and, and that respect, mutual respect and friendship isn't felt, then it needs to be brought up, you know, because the festers, you start to get animosities and then yeah. you know, the, the things start to fall apart because people don't care. They don't respect the time. But I mean, you know, me, myself, I would be embarrassed I if was. I didn't know the song or yeah. if I was fumbling along. You know what I mean? And that's why, like, I'm right. a big proponent if we have rehearsal. Rehearsal is not for you to learn the song and not to look on your phone and get the lyrics up. You know what I mean? Right. Rehearsal is to play the song. Right. You should have learned it on your own time at home and have it ready to go. Yeah. Otherwise, you're wasting my time and you're wasting everybody else's time. Especially you know, as by, adults. By having to learn the song at rehearsal. Right. Especially as adults when we all have jobs, we have kids, we have families, you know, and and we don't have time for your bullshit, man. Come on. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm telling you, when I used to play with Eye of the Storm and, and the guys used to quote me on all the time, you know, I, I was working two jobs. I was busy. I was teaching. I was up around the clock day and night, you know. But when it came time for rehearsal, you know, I knew my parts. And, you, you know, it was known in the band that, you, like, if you showed up to rehearsal, you didn't know your parts, I was going to flip out, right? Because... I'm burning the candle at both ends. I'm stretched super thin to the breaking point. But yet I still found time to go over everything and be prepared and be ready for rehearsal. You know? Yeah, we're all busy. But like anything else, if you want to do it, 
you'll find the time to do it. You'll make a commitment to do it and you'll get it done. And if you don't, like you said, you just don't care that much about it. And that, that's, you know, that's that says it. a lot. That's it. Especially when you're on a team and you're in a band, you know, it's all about the group effort. If someone's not pulling their weight, you have to have a conversation about it. Yeah. Leader or not. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. and I, I have had those conversations with the band leader and, you know, he agrees, but then he just gets walking away from the gig. He doesn't, he doesn't think about it. And I wouldn't say he doesn't care, but I would say that to a degree because it's like, I, just like you said, I, I feel the same way. Like if, if I'm, exp if I show up at a gig and everybody else knows the song and I don't, then I'm embarrassed. If I'm, if I'm making mistakes in the song, then it, yeah, I'm going to be embarrassed. I mean, I've always felt that way and you're damn right. The next time I come on that stage, I'm going to know it. I'm going to know, I'm going to fix whatever mistake I made. Um, you know, the, the, there's no doubt about it. And that's just not happening in in this situation. Because people get complacent in my, you know, playing, uh, in, yeah. you know, th five nights a week, whatever. You just, because it's so routine. You know, so it's like, uh, and and also the length of time that we play. By the time we're done, you know, we're wiped out, we're driving home, and then you're not thinking about, Oh, that one part in that one song, I didn't play it right. You're most, and I, so that's understandable to me. But I, it's just, I, I, I just make a point to like, I don't want to be the one that's that's hurting anything. I don't want to be a weak link, ever. And listen, there's nothing wrong with on your set list making notes as mm -hmm. to what songs you know had issues and whose issues they were. Yeah, if you have a set list, that is. Yeah, but just, you know, you know, or even you just make a, a note. Oh, during that song, this guy played the wrong part or went to the chorus or just sang the wrong vocals or this part we keep missing the chorus or we're not doing one one extra verse the third time around like it is on the record, you know? Because everyone kind of gets used to doing it a certain way and then you go back to listen to the actual song and you're like, oh, wow, we're not even playing it right, you know? Yeah, that's, that's happened a lot. That's happened a lot yeah. to me. Like, I'll be like, I'll hear a song like in the supermarket and I'll hear that song and I'll be like, oh, wait, I don't do that part. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not that you're calling someone out. You're saying, guys, I've observed the past couple of gigs. We don't play this part right. You know, let's just take a couple minutes to listen to it. Go over it. You know, make sure you're playing the right thing there. Maybe we're not singing the right harmony, or something's clashing there, or something doesn't sound right. You know, I can't tell you what notes you're playing, as far as you know, a G or an F or a short. But I can tell if someone's not in harmony with someone. You know what I mean? Right. The part comes, I say, guys, I don't know which one, you know, between guitar, bass, and keyboard, but one of you guys is not playing the right part. Right. And, you know, it helps to at least get together and talk, and that's not something that we do much either because of, again, just the, the, the frequency of playing and, and the the atmosphere where we're at. You know, it's a noisy, um, loud, you know, it's, it's New Orleans. You know, it's Bourbon Street. There's a lot of stuff going on. And the last thing anybody wants to do when we get off stage is talk about what we did. I mean, it happens sometimes, but but I think it all starts with the band leader. The band leader has to make a point to say, all right, guys, let's you know get together for five minutes and just, I wish we did that. you know. And when I was running bands, that's what I did. Just let's get together for five minutes and talk about any things that we need to talk about as far as music is concerned. You know, because I always equate it to sports, man. I'm a big sports fan and... Um, especially baseball and football, and the things that uh, both baseball players and football players do is practice uh, 
fundamentals. They get together. They talk about things. They yep. They they st- fundamentals, man. You always have to do that, and that's you should learn that from sports and musicians are the same thing. You gotta keep going back to the basics. Always go back to the basics. Like remember in school when we would learn, you know, say like especially early years in school, you learn something. Say you learn arithmetic, and then the next grade you go back and review what you learned last year, and then you build on it. And then you're always kind of going back to those fundamentals. So I think that that should apply to uh, this. But we got to care. Well, listen, like you said, with the complacency, though, but there's got to be bands on Bourbon Street, right? Some of what you'd call the A-list bands. They got to get together. They got to rehearse. No. They got to work. No. They got to have some sort of communication where they don't just show up, play, and then go home and see you tomorrow. Um, no, you never get better. No, but they don't because you do get better. I mean, imagine that it's, it's especially like you say, the A-list, like the, the famous door is one of the best clubs on the street and the bands that play there play, um, you know, three, four five nights a week and they do seven, eight, nine sets a night. So that is intense. That's boot camp. So you do, you kind of learn, you learn this you learn the language to um, speak on stage to accomplish things and and you have to like bands that are doing that do have enough integrity to go and work on things themselves you know like nobody has to tell them like you did that part wrong you know because they're going to be like I know I did that part wrong I'm going to go fix it um, so they do you know they can get away with it without rehearsing in some cases but you know the, like, that's what I'm saying is it's got to be communication though amongst the band. Sure, yeah. But there's there's um I mean off stage outside of the club. Yeah, and it, there is and there's not necessarily communication about music or, or 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 particulars about things, but but it happens on occasion. It's just not it's not formatted like that cuz we're everybody's friends, you know, so we just get out and you hang out and you talk about whatever. And then sometimes the whatever is that. Uh, but there's That's no. That's pretty interesting if you think about it, right? Like, think about what you're describing, right? I moved to New Orleans. You and me can start a band. We're going to put a show together. Wonder how much time up front gets put into it. Because if you think about an artist going on tour, right? Like, I saw Phil Collins. Oh, yes. Yes. Tell yes. You about. Yeah, he's, he's awesome, right? So you think about, okay, so. He's been on tour for, let's say, a year, right? But prior to that year, he would have had to assemble the band, right? Get the guys together, rehearse, go through the show. Um, even someone like, say, Pink, with all the choreography and the dancing and the sure. piece band, right? That's not like, hey, we're going to show up now and we're going to go on tour for a year and we're probably going to play 300 shows in a row. And it's going to be like a machine. But they prepared for almost a year before they went on tour right right to get the entire act together right so even though they're professional musicians and they know the stuff and they hold themselves to a level there'd be no way they could do the tour without rehearsing and preparing for it sure i mean that's pro level right there yeah it is pro level but if you're you know we'll just talk about integrity right And, and they all speak uh all these guys Touring musicians speak to the weak link. You know, if someone in the band's not cutting it or the personality doesn't doesn't jive, you know, it's a long time to be on the road with people that you you don't like, right? So right. they don't make the cut. But you could be the greatest guy or gal, you know, and contribute and be fun and but if you're not 
pulling your weight, right? And if you're not laying it down when the time comes to lay it down, then like you said, you wouldn't be on that stage because you're not a professional. Right. You know? So, you know, yeah. all these guys are seasoned professionals, but when they get hired for a tour, it's understood they're going to have to learn and, and, like you said, rehearse and practice and get it together. It's not just like, hey, we're going to play 300 shows, so by the 10th or 15th show, we should have it pretty tight to where the rest of the tour will be great, you know? Right. Let's come out of the gate, you know, ready to go. Yeah. It's it's like whatever standard is set for whatever thing you're doing, you know. It's yeah, dude, it's like anything, right? If you're, you know, if you're on a construction site and it's sloppy and it's messy and no one has hard hats on and, you know, and no one's ruling or running the, the, the job, you know, that's the culture of the job, right? If you walk on a job and every single guy has a hard hat on and they have their protection and they know they got to sign in, it's, you know, it becomes the culture of that job, right? Right. And everyone's going to abide by that culture. So it's no different than band. You know, if it's a lackadaisical approach to it and people just kind of half-ass it and, yeah, I kind of learn the songs and, you know, I really don't think about band outside of when we have a gig or, you know, we might get together once a month and rehearse and I, I worked on the songs the day before, you know, we had rehearsal. Like, it, it shows, you know? Right. And it's the same thing. It, that's the culture. And if you if you if accepted, it's not going to be, you know, you're not going to change it. But to your point, if it's like everyone shows up, they're buttoned up, they know what they're doing, and all of a sudden you show up and you don't, you know, next time you show up, you better, you know, you better be buttoned up. Otherwise, you're probably not going to be around much longer because that's the way the band operates. Yeah. Um, you know, we all want to have fun and we're all friends, but there has to be respect. It's no different than showing up to a gig and we've talked about this being on time being early you know not rolling up five minutes before the gig and then complaining because you didn't have time to sound check you know right um yeah you know and i mean in my situation it's like uh i'm i'm saying this stuff and i'm being hypercritical about it a little bit um because of you know just i want things i not be perfect. It's never going to be perfect, but I just want, I, I, I set, keep myself to a high standard. So I expect other people around there, me to do that as well. But the band itself, like nobody would know that comes in and watches us play because the band is killer. You know, the band, when I go out, occasionally we'll get somebody come sit on, sit in on bass and I'll go out front and I'll listen and I'm like, damn, man, this band is good. You know, like you definitely see it from a different perspective when you're not actually in it. But, um, but you know, you can always be better. It, there's, I don't think there's any really good musician musician that thinks like, oh, all right, I'm good enough now. I don't have to do. I don't have to learn anything else. You know, you you're always growing. Right. Um. So wow, we got into that, man. I wasn't even planning or expecting all that, but uh, thirty three minutes. Yeah, but in. good topic to talk about. All relative stuff, right? Respect your guys. You know, respect your bandmates. Come prepared. Act like you care, right? Yeah. It's got to start with the caring. That's got to be primary. You know, because if you don't care, you're not going to do anything. You have to really care uh, about yourself and the people that you work with. You have to consider it, you know? That's... Right, have consideration for people that are in the band with you, right? Yeah. Be considerate. Yeah, and uh, be considerate and consider it, too. You know, just consider the fact that Okay, other people are going to be affected by what I do or do not do. So, think about it and take action. It's not hard. It's not hard at all to, uh, you know, you just have to want to. But, 
anyway, <laughs> so I played a, um, I, dude, I love, I hope someday um, you can come down here around Halloween because Halloween in, in New Orleans is just so much fun. It is, I, I love Halloween. That's my blast. Yeah, I just love Halloween in general, but it's not one night here. You know, it's like people, it's not uncommon to see people in costume year round in New Orleans, but it gets ramped up in October and it lasts, you know, for a good couple weeks, the last couple weeks in October where you expect to see costumes. You're just walking around and you're expecting to see a lot of costumes. So we played, I played last night and there were a bunch around there and some people are so creative and inventive and, but my favorite about it is just the the girls dress just so great. And from my perspective, being on stage, looking at it, y'all out there in the crowd all night, that's what my point of view, seeing pretty women dressed up in, in sexy costumes, I love it. And uh, and then there's the scary ones and the funny ones too. It's all great. It's just so much fun to pretend to be something else. Yeah, it's a good time of year for sure. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah, and like last night we had... Saints game was on Sunday Night Football and the World Series game five was on. So we had, you know, the three TVs in, in the room where we play, or four TVs, only three of them I can see. And we had the football game on two and the baseball game on two, and uh, it's always fun. I enjoy that. I, I love this time of year for, for that and many other things. The weather, too. Now it's like it's not hot here anymore. It's nice and comfortable. It's great. And we'll get... A couple weeks of that, and then it'll be cold. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good, good time of season right now for weather, you know? Yes, and I don't know. I'm off tonight, off tomorrow, and I don't know yet if I'm playing on Halloween. And I'm hmm. not, not going to know until tomorrow. And we typically do play on Halloween, so I hope we do play. And do you guys all dress up in costume? I will, for sure. Last year I wore, I had three different costumes last year because I was playing at Crazy Corner, so I dressed on the weekend um, on Saturday night. Uh, Halloween was on Tuesday last year. So the yes. weekend prior to Halloween in New Orleans is basically, it's Halloween. Um, so I did that, and then I, I dressed Monday. You know what? I'm thinking, because Sean was saying we were playing, we played on Halloween last year, but I think we did not, because Halloween was Tuesday. Unless I didn't play, because that's not normally my night. Right, if you were off know. anyway. But I, we definitely played on Monday. But anyway, I'll find out tomorrow if we're playing on Halloween. I would like to. But either way, it's cool. Uh, so what about, well, I was thinking costumes. Like that That's a good conversation since it is Halloween. What are some good costumes? And I, I asked this question to the group, too. What are some good um, band-themed costumes to, to wear? So you all look like a band, and you're all kind we of dressed We did 80s theme one year. So we had big wigs, and Jim had, like, Baca Seagull's hair to do, and wore, like, 80s clothes and, you know, fake tattoos and more like... A, Motley Crue or hairband metal, you know, for then one year when it's criminals, you know, where we all were like, um, you know, the 
black and white striped criminal outfits. Um, trying to think what else we've gone as. We also played mishmash, you know. I remember played one year. Like we we played that a couple of times. One year you were priest. I was Jerry Garcia. Um, you know, it's always good, at least drum wise, to not wear something with makeup or something that's going to maybe run if you sweat. Right. You know, something that's hard to play in. So, you know, some sort of costume like even a mask is difficult to wear, right? Because you yes, can't really, you know, gets in the way of things. Yeah, if you're singing, forget about it. Yeah, so you really got to think about carefully about what you want to be relative to how cool it might be. But, you know, like I remember going one year to a Halloween party as a pile of leaves. Yeah, you, t- you talked about that before. That's but funny. you could never play, you know, a gig dressed like that. It just wouldn't work, you know. Right. There's certain costumes that definitely lend themselves to, uh, you know, to, to being more feasible to actually to, to be able to play your instrument, right? Yeah. That's really the most important thing. It's primary, yeah. Although I did last year at the swamp, I did Michael Myers, and with the mask and everything, and, uh, but I sing a lot, so, <laughs> so that was a tough did you one. Just sing, just sing through the mask. No, because that was that was a tough one to pull off, and I, I underestimated how hot it would be to be uh-huh. wearing that mask, um, yeah. and you know, especially in a club, you know, where it's it's. Um, we, you know, it's still warm here at this time of year, and I tried in the beginning, and I figured, okay, I could try to sing through the mask, and I think I probably tried doing it, but it was just unbearably hot in inside the mask, you know, just sweat and like crazy. My my hair was soaked, um, so. So yeah, I even I, like a Grim Reaper costume with a hood and like you know some sort of like light cloak like you would think but like you said once you're moving around and you're playing and you're on stage and you get the lights and you know yes. it gets hot yeah yeah it was just unbearably hot i couldn't i couldn't even wear the mask um uh but i did uh, the, at the crazy corner last year i did the crow uh brandon lee from the crow and that was cool um i had this long black jacket like a black t-shirt that had all rips in it black jeans rips in it lots of jewelry uh, did the makeup on my face and uh, and my hair length at the time was perfect for that, so that cool that, that came out pretty cool and that was that was a good one to do to play because um, there was nothing obstructing my my use of my limbs or anything. Uh, we did a, a, I, I like doing the superhero theme. I remember seeing uh, dog voices at there was uh, DHA does this Halloween thing every year the radio station in Jersey. Um, and they did a uh, one where Dog Voices was playing. They were all dressed up as superheroes, and it just looks so cool. Uh, so I, I really like when bands do a theme. Yeah, that is cool. And so I did. We did a superhero thing here one year when we were playing Famous Door, and I was Superman. And it's got the big, broad shoulder thing. It's a one piece uh, get up. You know the the cape and everything, and I have my long hair. I just let my hair like flow over, it and it looked cool. But it, it, famous door, we were playing eight sets a, a night. You know, eight forty-five minute sets, like generally doing like four, take a half hour break and do another four. So that's three hours, half hour break, three hours. Um, and 
when you sometimes you know you're you're there you're drinking beverages and you gotta pee and you have limited time to get to the bathroom sometimes like in a song where there's no bass in the first quarter of it or whatever and well hang on when you say you do four sets you do 45 minutes take a 15 minute break 45 no 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 you know if you just 45 45 45 45 half hour break correct yeah yeah because our sets here are measured by 45 minutes but we that's how we get paid but we will you play through right into the next well yeah you'll we'll always almost always run at least two sets in a row and at famous door it was we were doing four and then break and then do four um, and sometimes even more than that. Sometimes we would do five on the on the back end. Um, so yeah, you gotta you're drinking, you gotta pee, and uh, taking that, that Superman outfit off, and having like thirty seconds to go and do it. And the, the bathroom at Famous Store was a trough. <laughs> it was just like this, and a very tight, you know, very very uh, claustrophobic type bathroom. And you know, there's people. The, the the club is packed. There's people in there, and you don't get preferential treatment. Um, right. Sometimes people do. They're like, "Oh, go ahead, dude." You know, but yeah. Then taking that Superman outfit off and peeing in the trough and getting back on stage—that was a challenge for sure. <laughs> I'll never do that again. Yeah, now you got to like see a lot of things to think about with your costume choice. Yes, lot um, to think about. Such an adventure, though. You would think, as a superhero, I'd be able to just conquer all. But you, you would think you would have some kind of superpower just to eliminate having to urinate. But <laughs> yeah, right. You know, yeah, that would have been. And those days too, at Famous Door, I was drinking a beer. I was drinking beer, um, and I I drink beer still at work, but I don't drink as much as I was drinking back then. Not that I was getting hammered, but it was just you know it's a long night, and I knew how to pace myself. And I always want to be liquefied. Like I always now, I always have water um, on stage. I always have at least two bottles of water, uh, but I drink still drink beer and shots too, but. But I always drink water, so it goes through you. It's got to come out. It doesn't care whether you're on stage or not. <laughs> it's like, all right, it's time. Now you can't sweat it a lot, that's for sure. Yeah. Um. So that's fun. I, so I I didn't get too many great suggestions, but I've seen some pictures of bands, and I I just think that like there was one uh, I saw that did all gangsters. Um. So as long as you're, you know, gangsters, you, look, you said gangsters, yeah. So as long as you look like a band, you know that I think that's that really helps the visuals as far as, uh, you know. Well, remember for a while back in like the, uh, I'm gonna say early '90s, all the themed bands like Amish Outlaws. Mm-hmm. You had Overboard. You had, um, you know, and they would all dress up. Yeah. All the time, every gig. Yeah. Yeah. The nerds, you know, nerds yeah, do it. Nerds started it, and then you know, a bunch of bands followed that. Yeah, they Tarkanish tried to uh, uh, make a band called Jocks, J O X, and have all the guys dress up like you know, <laughs> Jocks. Yeah. It didn't work. No. But I applaud him for his uh, his idea. Anyway, having ideas. Yeah, very, very creative, you know, with the, with the band names and the band uh, outfits, for sure. Yeah. So this is a good segue to that. Um, I. Um, hey, but I, not to cut you off, one okay. last thought. So think about that for a gimmick, right? Have What's your that? band be dressed up all the time. Superheroes. Yes. Well, maybe not superheroes all the time, but something. You remember? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, like, like Kiss did. 
Yeah. Remember, uh, there was a band in Jersey called Ho- Hoi Polloi. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They used record. they used to dress in, in pajamas. Right. Yeah. I used they to used to bring like, like reclining chairs on stage and yeah, too. yeah, like they have a little night table and reclining chairs and and all dressed in pajamas. That was their their thing, and they th- they played a gig. The gigs that I saw them to were, um, were in line with the way they looked because it was a very like they would take requests, they would get people to come sing, they would just goof around, but they're all really good musicians, and they would right. pick really interesting songs to do. I always enjoyed watching them. Um, yeah. So yeah, dressing up is is good. And so yeah, the segue. I I, ha- I interviewed uh, the guy from the band that is going to be the November Spotlight Artist of the Month for Cover Band Central. I interviewed him today, and I went yesterday and took pictures and video. Uh, they are nice. they are called Chicken on the Bone. And Chicken on the Bone. Chicken nice. on the Bone, and they they work tirelessly here in New Orleans, and. Uh, and they dress up on stage. They they look. I don't know how to describe it. It's very very loud colors, sparkly outfits, um, um, sort of a sort of a hippie-ish vibe, like if you crossed a hippie with an Elton John. Okay. That's that's the kind of thing. But they all dress up and they they and same outfits all the time or the same theme. I I, I would say the same theme because I I haven't seen that they have they might all just have the their one outfit too I, I i don't know i haven't seen them enough to know that but but they're very recognizable for the way they look they they uh it's a unique look so um that's one of the reasons that i chose them for for november and uh there's not too many bands on bourbon street that do that there's a, a um a band called the connection band that plays at fat cats during the week they are uh, R&B, soul, funk band. They have nine or ten guys on stage, or guys and gals on stage at the same time, and they all dress alike. They, it's like they have two colors. They have white and they have red, so they all have, like, it's the red night, you know, the band leader will probably say, and they all wear red right. and, and, and classy-looking, you know, snazzy-looking stuff. They, they, don't, uh, they don't skimp on it. Um, so they're, they're one of the few bands on Bourbon Street that do that. Um, but Chicken on the Bone does it too. And I'm, I'm looking forward to writing that up and, uh, introducing cool. everybody to them next month. Um, and I figured Chicken on the Bone is a good band to do for November since it's Thanksgiving, even though that's turkey, it's still in the poultry family. <laughs> Have boneless turkey, chicken on the bone, same thing. Yes. Turducken. Turducken on the bone. Yes, Turducken. <laughs> so, I know you're not a Facebook user, but I want to run this by you. This is a thing that happened the other day and see what you think about this. Um, approaching 112,000 people on the page. I was given, I was sent an invite two nights ago, Saturday night, by Facebook to... Uh, participate in a test program as uh, as a page that gets a lot of engagement and um, is consistent with with providing content which is what they said to me where um, 
they're going to start a subscription program so for a fee um, where and I'm one of the test pages to do that so in other words I would provide content to people that are already on there that would be exclusive to them if they paid a fee and Facebook is free and it has been free since it's been launched and I know that a lot of people are going to really kind of turn their nose at that however I accepted the invitation and I had to fill out a bunch of forms and I submitted that and I'm waiting for a reply for, for submit, submitting that but I've been doing this for free for four and a half close to five years now and I think that the content that I provide is valuable and I think that I can you know with with people paying for it I think I can really hone in on what they what the people really want and provide even more and better more quality content for them and the fee is very low that I chose um, and I was able to choose and um, so I need to make a video to introduce it and then um, I think since it's Facebook's idea I think they're gonna help promote it too um, but what are your initial thoughts on that even though you're not a Facebook user no, I think it's a great idea. I think it's cool. I think it gives you a different opportunity. And, you know, they're, they're obviously behind it because they see a value in it. Um, you know, so why not? Right? I mean, you got nothing to lose by doing it. Right. And I could see how people would be pissed off about it. Be like, oh, man, I'd be, you know, I'm not going to pay for this. And that's fine. Yeah, but for everyone that thinks that way, there's also someone that says, oh, this, you know, I might not mind paying a couple bucks for something and, and see if I get a better quality content out of it you know yeah i and i'm making it very affordable like less than you would pay for a monthly gym membership and a lot of people pay for a monthly gym membership and don't go to the gym so correct yeah so right. this is going to be something that's easily very affordable and i will and again it won't be for everybody steve but there's a target you know there's a target audience for it yeah i Not agree everyone's going to want to pay but there will be people out there who will pay i agree a and it's you know, approaching 110 th or 112,000 people on there, I think even if I got 1% of that crowd to to participate in this and, and subscribe, I'm going to provide, I'm going to over-deliver with value, you know, because that's really why I started this whole thing in the, in the first place. Sure. And the, the people that are, I think the people that are willing to pay for it is the real audience that I want to reach, the ones that are going to care so to, to, to kind of wrap this back to the first conversation, the ones that are going to care about improving their craft and, and wanting to learn and, uh, you know, just all, all the aspects of it, wanting to be involved in that. Um, so I'm really excited about that, what that will do, how, how that will help the whole uh, brand overall. And um, really excited about being able to create some content for those people, for that crowd, the, the ones, because if you're people, it's perceived value. If, if people think, you know, if people pay for something, they perceive it to be worth more than something that's free. Um, so that's the message I want to kind of uh, convey there and, and then deliver on that value. Um, and it will help me tremendously to really keep growing this whole thing. Because the website is growing, people are joining. There hasn't been one day since launch that um, we haven't had new people or new bands join there. 
So it's it's growing. It's slow, but it's it's happening. Uh, and again, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And uh, I'm happy to have that there. But this will help me, as far as revenue, um, it will help me tremendously to be able to really accomplish all the things that I wanted to that I want to with with Coverband Central. So we'll see. I'm excited about it. Um, a little nervous about it. You know, <laughs> I know people. Yeah, listen, it's like anything new, right? It's exciting and and a little scary, but it's gonna. You know, come what may, like you said, don't know until you try it. Yeah, I just don't want people yeah. cussing cussing me out like, "F you, man! I paid for this crap." <laughs> well, then make it good. Yeah, well, I but the thing is, I have been making it good. I've I've been very consistent for years with the content I provide there. So yeah, we've had this conversation, right? So you got to come up with some other type of content that's going to be warrant the extra solicitation of some funds right? well yeah well the, the one of the things that facebook says in there is that they, they give you suggestions and would be doing live video and i i've done live video and it's been very effective but i don't do it on a regular basis um, i just do it when i feel compelled to do it um, but having a subscription service then i'll make a schedule of live videos i'm going to do you know Three o'clock every day, I'm going live, and we'll talk about this topic, or you know, whatever. I mean, I it's endless. The possibilities are endless with that, and I love doing live videos. I love, you know, I'm very comfortable in front of the camera, and I love people uh, discussing stuff with people. I love meeting new people, and a lot of really cool relationships have been forged from me just doing stuff like that. So that would be one major plus for for subscribers is that. I'll have a regular live schedule where we can have a Q&A or we can, you know, talk about particular topics and have a, a discussion. And that's something that I think would be very, very beneficial for that community. So that's just one thing that I would do. And that alone, I think, is worth, you know, the, the amount of money I would ask for, yeah, which is nominal. Yeah, no, I think, like I said, give it a shot, man. See what happens. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it, no... Think of it that way too. That's an honor that Facebook actually contacted you to do it. It, it certainly you is. Know, it certainly is an honor. Viable. Yeah, it. I was I was jumping out of my skin when I read that. It was Saturday night. I got that. It just kind of popped up on my Facebook, and then I got an email about it too. And I was like, I had to walk away from the computer for a second because I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is real. This is actually happening. And the 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 words that it the way it was worded to me, and it was kind of a a. Uh, a form that that they send to everybody they select but the, still the way it was worded was just very flattering it was like it was validating for for all the work that i've put into this and yeah, it's very cool man it's yeah very cool so um so I, I i'm really interested to see where this goes man it, like hopefully we get to do another podcast next week and i can have an update for you on that um because that's really 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 exciting for me um, to, to really kind of up-level this whole thing. Um, because, you know, I do the basics right now. I have a routine. I have a, a, a schedule with posts. It, it, my posts go up the same time every day. I, have, I do them in advance, um, at least a day in advance, but a lot of things I'll do several days in advance and sometimes even weeks in advance. Um, I, I just kind of, I, I have this program called Buffer App, which I pay for monthly, which... By the way, the monthly fee that I pay for a buffer 
is the same price that I'm going to charge for people to use the CBC. Um, right. It's cheap. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just, to me, it, it's, nobody has had to make me do this. This is something that I've motivated myself to do for the last four and a half plus years um, every day. And now I'm going to be rewarded for that and but but again it's for me it's just very routine i just do the basics okay i got it's almost like uh a template that i i i'm gonna put this type of thing here this type of thing on this time at this time of day this type of thing at this time of day and i do my curating every day i do my research every day and um but now i'm going to be able to kind of change it up a little bit and have a little bit more fun with it and be more creative with it and and provide the value that I really want and then get compensated for that value. So, uh, yeah, I want to keep rambling about it, but I'm very, I'm very excited about it. And I was, no, you should be man. Congratulations. You should be really proud. That's a great accomplishment. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so that's it. So, uh, um, uh, we're at 59 minutes. So we got a minute to wrap. Um, so the one-minute recap, right? Be dedicated to what you do. Respect your bandmates. Make sure you dress up in cool costumes <laughs> and work hard and fulfill your dreams. That's great. There you have it. Wisdom well, in a nutshell. Well done, my friend. All right. Well, all y'all out there, I don't say y'all. See, I don't. I've been saying y'all lately. I've been here in th- eight years y'all now. Stop talking like that. I'm from New Jersey, man. New Jerseyans yeah. don't say y'all. Right. <laughs> dude what's wrong with you dude i know I, i've been here for a long time but i'm happy that i'm here and uh yeah all you dude, all up, you you use guys hey use guys use <laughs> guys out there by the way we had nobody join us during the chat here uh, and chatting while we were live so that's okay everybody downloads it but thank you for listening everybody out there if you haven't joined the website yet it's codebrandcentral.com create a pre free profile for yourself as a musician as a band or as industry you can do it all and uh, just keep growing and growing and growing see you next time It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. 
That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 